everybody and welcome back to Sapphic Survival Guide where we are queer to answer your questions. I'm Sev. I'm Gina. And I'm Cheyenne. And class is now in session. This week we are talking lesbian bed death. I think we got some good ones for this. Mm -hmm. I I, I see these words floating around on on the internet a lot and obviously me not having been in a very (laughs) sapphic relationship at all. I don't really know much about this topic, but I'm excited to uh, dive in and see. Yeah, one of the uh, questions we got was actually, "What is lesbian bed death?" I've never heard of it before. So, from your like limited Seb, knowledge, did you send you that question? It? Yeah, <laughs> I know, I know what it is. Okay. Kind of. Can you define it for the person from, who doesn't know? From I feel seeing. like Cheyenne's giving you a quiz right now. Like, what do you think it is, Sev? She's we're role, this is like we're role playing. Remember, is she <laughs> testing my queer knowledge right now? Right. Um, so. For, from my limited knowledge, lesbian bed death is like when you have been together. I don't know if there's like a time period, but like after you've been together for a certain while, you're just not hitting it like you used to. Like you guys are just not having <laughs> sex as often as you used to or as much. I mean, I know like the stereotype is that lesbian sex like lasts 13 hours straight and it's just like when it's mm-hmm. when when the cogs stop turning as much and that yeah. like literally death of your sex life a little yeah. bit which you're pretty spot on. depressing but but yeah, am I basically right? like, like you know you're right the phenomenon that after a certain amount of time lesbians stop having sex and I think this yeah. kind of comes from the trope that oh women don't like sex as much which again is gendered and excludes you know those who are non-binary and I also think ex- like it takes sexuality away from sapphic people Mm -hmm. and relationships Mm -hmm. because we're supposed to think it's gross and it's a stereotype but I also think it has some merit to it um I've experienced it and even another someone who sent in not a question they said no questions just want to confirm that it's real so it's it's a phenomenon that does have some fact (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think you have a really good point, Zev, is that I think a lot of it does kind of happen because queer women, queer people tend to see sex as like this long, drawn out process. Like a lot of the time, it's not like, I feel like, with, especially with like cis men, cis het men, it's like, it can be done in two minutes. It's one like, and done. Like- it might, yeah, it might not <laughs> last that long. But then the stereotype is that, you know, we're going for at least 45 minutes to an hour. And then that's like, can be very like tiring or draining. Yes. You don't have to like have a really long, drawn out sexual experience for it to be good but I feel like the expectation or just the fact that when we do have sex it usually does last a bit longer um can kind of like put that off and yeah I think some of it does have to do with like testosterone levels and then there's like responsive and spontaneous desire where you like see someone hot and you like get horny and you want to have sex whereas a lot of cis women tend to have their responsive desire where like they start kissing they start touching and then they get horny and want to have sex but if Mm -hmm. you don't have a person who's like spontaneous desire Mm -hmm. then you have two responsive desire people in a relationship obviously sex isn't going to happen as much because neither because not one is that makes sense i get that a lot to be the aggressor so to speak kind of yeah yeah. i don't i don't know if i love that terminology but yeah yeah someone has to put the moves and the initiator yeah make it happen there we go that's the initiator yeah and from what i've read about it is you know that's why it's important to like take time to even just like set aside time to like make out or 
cuddle and touch and see where things go and it doesn't always have to lead to sex there should be times where it doesn't lead to sex explicitly so that you can just like learn to enjoy being in each other's company without having that expectation again and but like that is so important (laughs) no I think my girlfriend and I love to make out and we will just go on dates and part of our dates is just like oh we'll just go here and make out for a little bit and that's so important to us and I feel like that's part of why our sex life is so active still and has no, you know, sign of slowing down anytime soon, Mm -hmm. just because it's so fun to us. And it's these little things that I think sometimes people lose along the way are, are we really prioritize? So Mm -hmm. yeah, you, you have to make sure that like sex isn't just getting it in, in the bedroom. There's so many different facets that it all like, you know, encompasses. Yeah. Yeah. With my girlfriend And and I, it's like a little, tricky sometimes because I'm used to like being the one saying like no I don't want to have sex like turning them down but with her we're kind of mm. on two different like sleep schedules like she wakes up at like 4 a.m every day and goes to sleep by like 9 10 I'm usually up till like 4 or 5 a.m so like I want to have it like after she's already gone to sleep and she would rather have it like earlier in the day usually while I'm sleeping or just after I've woken up so we're kind of on like two different schedules and it's gotten to the point where I've had my feelings hurt because she didn't want to have sex but it's because she's so tired when I'm asking her. So it's like, we kind of have to find like a good time frame that works for both of us. And then another way that we kind of combated me like feeling rejected since I'm used mm-hmm. to being the one doing the quote unquote rejecting and turning the other person mm-hmm. down. Yeah. We had to like find a different way to like talk about it that like made it okay to be rejected. Like obviously it's okay to be rejected. She can say no at any time for whatever reason, but like yeah. it can still like kind of hurt my feelings. Like that's okay. But as long as I don't like make her feel bad about it or guilt her or anything. Um, but like I watched this TikTok where someone said say like, do you want to be sweet or spicy right now? And then like, if it's like sweet, like we can still like make out, we can still cuddle, we can still touch it, but it doesn't have to like lead to anything sexual if she's too tired or if I'm too tired. Like it's like a way to still get those like physical needs met and like have some sort of intimacy without being like, okay, what's this? What are we doing here? No, I like that way to make a boundary, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. sweet or spicy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. One of the questions kind of similar to this, I know this is a little different the way that your schedules are and stuff, but one of the questions is if your girlfriend didn't like sex or had a low libido, would you take it personally, honestly? And I think that kind of plays into that kind of sense of rejection that you just mentioned. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like it's not something that anyone should take personally, because as someone who does have like a low libido in general, like it sucks for us too. Like we want to like be able to meet those needs. And like I've mentioned in another episode in past relationships, I've like told people that they should go have sex with someone else because I can't meet their needs as someone with a lower libido. Um, So yeah, I feel like you shouldn't take that personally, but also understand taking it personally because if you're in a monogamous relationship and your partner doesn't really want to have sex with you, it kind of feels shitty sometimes. And, you know, there are ways around that. There's masturbation, there's non-monogamy, there's you know, dealing with the responsive desire thing and like, you know, canoodling a little Mm -hmm. bit and seeing if that gets them more turned on. There are like other options, I think. Would you, would either of you take that personally? 
Well, I've been on like both sides of this, honestly. Mm -hmm. And I mean, maybe not honestly, because when I was with the mistake, I feel like we had a natural progression of what happens when you first meet somebody and you're having lots of sex because it's new Mm -hmm. and exciting. And then eventually you kind of settle in and it's not like we stopped having sex. We just were not having tons of sex like we were in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And so once Mm -hmm. things had kind of died off, he was really annoyingly like, we never have sex anymore. And I'm like, we had sex mm-hmm. three times this week. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's a five. lot. That's a lot. We were still, so, my boyfriend had probably sex like still exaggerating. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. I was, that's yeah. what I mean though. It was regular. Like in a month, we were having sex every week. Yeah, that's, a, you know, that's and so it yeah. was good. I think his, his complaining was not warranted mm-hmm. and he didn't like understand like, okay, just because we were fucking like five times a week in the beginning, like it's yeah. just not going to be that way. That's not yeah. fucking sustainable. Mm-hmm. And he did take it personally and thought I was like getting things elsewhere, but that's because it was like toxic and unhealthy and the biphobia the yeah. and that, well, that was rampant in that relationship. Mm-hmm. But when I was on the other side yeah. of it with my ex, who was not a mistake, <laughs> her libido was just lower than mine. And it was kind of similar where in the beginning of the relationship, it was a little bit higher and things kind of faded out, but then they kind of faded out to like nothing. And it wasn't until it was Mm -hmm. nothing that I started to like have conversations about it. And I did start to say like, is it that you're not attracted to me or is it that you don't want to have sex? And like, I feel like she didn't want to admit that it was me. Mm-hmm. And so I tried not to take it personally, but in the end, I, I mean, not that I should take it personally, but like in the end, I think it was personal because hearing about her relationships after me, I don't feel like they have that problem. And so yeah. I'm like, well, maybe we should have taken that as a sign. You know mm-hmm. what I yeah. mean? Yeah. yeah. I've been and in I like a you- similar situation to that. Actually, yeah. like I was dating this girl for only a couple of months, but we like had sex, like kind of in the beginning. And then she was like, I want to take a step back and not have sex again. And I was like, okay, that's fine. Like we can, you know, take it slow. Um, but yeah. then it kind of felt like she would talk, like talk about like mostly male celebrities, but sometimes women too. She's bi, but she would just be like, oh my God, he's so sexy. She's so sexy. Like I, I would give anything to fuck that person and just like make all mm. these comments. And like, I knew she was masturbating, like, cause I like would go over and her sex toys would be like in her bed, like, which is fine. But it's just like, it made me feel very like undesirable. And I was like, do you see anything happening between us in the near future? So then I ended up ending things because it was like hurting my self-esteem. And then we like kind of hooked up again after the breakup. And she told me it's because I had a boyfriend, which she knew going into the relationship that I was non-monogamous. So I don't know why she like got weird about it, but yeah. So uh, I understand like taking it personally, but I feel like you have to really look at the scenario and be like, are they depressed? Do they have, you know, I have a thyroid issue. Like, do they have thyroid issues that can affect your Mm -hmm. hormones like there are a lot of different things that can cause someone to have a low libido and not all of it is personal yeah 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 and I think both of your guys stories kind of could branch off into two different questions that we have gotten so I want to start with the first one um which is just like why is this term only put on lesbians when it can happen to anyone because of age health I mean you just said like low libido Mm -hmm. whatever um and they Mm -hmm. said I think this happens to straight couples too I think Mm -hmm. one it kind of goes back a little bit to what Cheyenne was saying about the like responsiveness of like yeah uh, I don't remember exactly yeah yeah so like how actively people can get turned on I think there's like a billion factors and of course Mm -hmm. straight couples can deal with this too 
why do we I think, think it's, it's actually like, part of like compet as far as straight couples yeah. go because like yeah. that idea when like you know you've been like those ma- old married straight couples exactly where the husband where the, the woman they're like, like we're only oh, having sex for my birthday and, yeah right and i was like, literally just i know what he's about, asking for right i was listening to these two older women a few years ago talk and they're like i don't have sex anymore and they like high-fived and they were like these two older straight women they were like Haha, i don't have to do that anymore and um, i'm like i was just like that's kind of sad Sad. So yeah, sad. And I, I feel like a lot of people in relationships with like cis men feel like it's an obligation like you have to do that yeah. to keep it I was gonna say around, and do we happy. think I mean not going off on a tangent here but could that be compet too like I like having sex with men that's mm-hmm. how I know that's how I know like sometimes people are like I hate having sex with men and it grosses me out and penises <laughs> are so yucky and I'm like do we want to unpack that? That's how I feel about guys who are like, I don't eat pussy. I'm like, that's just like, all right. Weird to me. Somebody yeah, like loves something is. Pussy. Yeah. So, right. but yeah, that was the one question about like, why is it only put on lesbians? I don't think right. it necessarily is. I just think that there's a term for it. Yeah. In well, a lesbian we get relationship. The stereotype, though, as far as like it being lesbian bed death, it gets that sapphic branding. Like I said, I feel like in the it turns into the whole women don't like sex. Thing. Women don't mm-hmm. like it. And, you know, if you think about it, the stereotype is also that we're like you hauling together and just shackled up together. What do you think we're fucking doing? Yeah. yeah like come on each other yeah. and then obviously yeah. like eventually you have to get back to your regular life you can't just be fucking all the time like when it lasts five mm-hmm. six hours straight that's unsustainable yeah right. so you can't do it's that okay. listen the sex doesn't have to last five hours to be good you can yep. just get your rocks off get their rocks mm-hmm. off quickies and then be done fun. with it yeah. yeah quickies are nice like it's okay quickies are okay but there's um, definitely a difference between sex, like not being as frequent in the beginning and being in Beth dead territory. Like if you're, mm-hmm, if it's mm-hmm. been months and you haven't had sex at all, you're in bed death and you're, or a dry spell at least. And you know, you got to come back around, mm-hmm. but yeah. anyway, what's the, what's the other question? The so, other sorry. one, the other one is just like, how do I deal with having a higher sex drive than my partner? Which again, something we kind of touched on. So I just wanted to like. Bring I don't have advice in, in for those. This. I just masturbated yeah, okay. a, a ton. Okay, that's true. Yeah, Sometimes like you said, you said earlier, like five hours straight. So maybe I do. <laughs> like I said, there's you, there's flows. masturbation. There's non-monogamy. There's mm-hmm. that's probably there's trying just trying new things, it. having new experiences. It kind of makes it like exciting again More and exciting yeah yeah and it kind of like can re-spark things like trying new toys new places new positions yeah and role-playing yeah. like we mentioned earlier <laughs> and literally get some I like don't know. sex dice get some yeah. you know one of those coupon books or yeah we are like on a roll today in the transitioning into next questions because the next question is how do you get rid of slash fix lesbian bed death? What's the solution? I think those are great mm-hmm. solutions. And also I just love this question because of how the way it's written. It says, how do you make a comeback from this when it's been months of a dry spell with the frowny face, but they spelled come like C-U-M. So it was like funny, ha ha. <laughs> funny, ha Yeah funny little silly goofy so sex should be an active topic in your continuous communication to not have the spice run out and so like if you're in 
lesbian bed death mode, you got to reignite that spark. You got to start having sexy conversations. What's something that we used to do that you want to do again, something we've never done that you've always wanted to, I don't know. And I think a lot of those conversations can come when you're like not in a sexy place. So there's no pressure Mm -hmm. to like act on it Mm -hmm. right away. Like talk about it at dinner when you're in public and then you're going to be all like, oh my gosh, this is so bad. And then you're going to want to go home and make it happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was just going to say it's kind of seen as not sexy to like schedule sex, but like, I feel like Mm -hmm. some of the sexier experiences I've had have been like, okay, we're going to have sex when we get home from this thing. Like no matter what we're going to do. And it's like, because you know that like you're at this event the whole time and it's like, I know Mm -hmm. what I'm doing when I get home. And I've definitely done that before where that's what we did after that picnic we had the one day. (laughs) I didn't need to know that. (laughs) Yes, you did. I did. I took, yeah, I know that this has definitely happened to me at like events too. Like you go, you're all dressed up. You both know what's going to happen later Mm because you're both looking fine. And, Mm -hmm. and sometimes you have to prioritize it. You have to be like, no, we're going to do this. Like, no, like we're going to put off other things that we need to or want to do. So we're not too tired. Like, yeah, obviously it has to be a mutual agreement yeah but no we're gonna <laughs> right. do this but like yeah making right. sure it happens as long as you both are on the same wavelength just make sure it actually happens and don't just like I love <sighs> like what you said though stuff about like getting dressed up and you're feeling fine so like if you're not sure like how do we get out of this rut so go to dinner but like give yourself a dress code like dress code is red carpet bitch and we're gonna get super fancy put on your this nice is the most jewelry. libra idea i've ever heard just no i saying. love that and you <laughs> it's, can totally... it's a compliment it's a compliment yeah. <laughs> i take it as one and then i feel like when you feel good like you look good you feel good you see your partner they look good they feel good then you're out and you're yeah. feeling sexy together I'm like that alone can make you feel like oh yeah i want to i want to like steph said like you know what's going down because I know yeah. how good you're Especially looking. Especially like if you're like getting ready in different rooms. So you come out and mm-hmm. you're like, oh my God, like look I at this. I love doing know. that. So. Yeah. I, I actually, I was talking to my therapist kind of about this recently. And she told me that she has a client who is a queer woman. And when, I don't know if it's when she wants to have sex or when the partner wants to have sex, when one of them wants to have sex, they light a candle and that's how the other one knows it's like time to go. And I was like, that's like smart. And I have seen like candles on like Etsy like that, that you can literally buy that sex are like, candle. yeah, it's like, if, if this candle is <laughs> lit, that means I want to have those sex. Candles, like. Right. But then I was, I was, well, speaking of blowing, I was like, okay, so what, it, what does the other person do if that person like doesn't want to have sex right then? And they like put the candle, like, do they just blow it out? Like, are they just like, nope? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You just walk up and <laughs> what do they do? Um, she didn't really have an answer for that, but that I was like, yeah, I, I guess it's well, like, it's an idea. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I like about the sweet versus spicy thing, because it's like, if they say no to sex, that doesn't make it a loss. That doesn't mean they don't want to like connect with you in other ways physically. Mm-hmm. It just means, you know, they don't, they're too tired to have sex right at that moment, but like they still want to kiss. They still want to touch. And you kind of have to like define that what sweet means, what spicy means so that lines don't get blurred and sweet can right. obviously turn into spicy or vice versa. If, you know, someone stops feeling it, but I'd be like, salty. like, yeah, I'm not feeling it today. yeah. sweet, I'm salty, spicy. Salt. <laughs> I mean, yeah. like pizza could be your favorite food and normally you want pizza every day, but every once in a while, you're not in the mood for pizza. And if your partner then decides to take you out for ice cream, like 
it's mm-hmm. just another, you know, way to connect. So it's yeah, not like exactly. a loss. Exactly. I agree. So we answered a lot of questions already. I think let's take a little break ski and then we can come back to answer the rest. All right. We are back talking about lesbian bed death. Got lots more questions. Um, so I feel like we a little bit answered this one, but just to get into it a little bit more, how can you prevent it? Yeah, I was going to ask, do you think, you know, the same ways that you recommended before would prevent it? Or do either of you have any ideas for anything? I was going to say like the ideas of how do you get rid of it or fix it Mm -hmm. and the solution, does that translate into the prevention? Because obviously that question was about- know the risk. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And do those things. You should continuously talk about sex, make sex a priority if you don't want to lose it. That doesn't mean put pressure and be like, Mm -hmm. we can't, you know, whatever. As I mean, I, I think one of the questions even is like there's other reasons that it happens other than just losing a spark like health age Mm -hmm. and so things are going to happen where you are going to need to adapt but I think what's most important is not losing your sense of intimacy even if it has to change because you are getting older or because somebody just got diagnosed with whatever um so like as an example even I have that I'm well, it's not officially diagnosed, but my dermatologist appointment is like next week. So by the time this episode comes out, it will be. I have this like autoimmune disease that I totally can't pronounce called hygienitis separativa, something like that. I have it, can't pronounce it, HS. And so I get these like cysts and abscesses and these like buildups. And a lot of times they're in sensitive areas. Like I had one literally on my labia earlier this year that Mm -hmm. I had to get Mm -hmm. surgically removed. It was horrible, Mm -hmm. but that obviously was something I had to like communicate with my partner. It made me not want to have sex until that was like removed. And that doesn't mean that we lost senses of intimacy in that time when I was like not Mm -hmm. as into it as a result of these things. I still was able to like, at least like sometimes focus on her needs, even if I didn't want to be touched or if I didn't even want that, just like keeping intimacy and cuddling. And Mm -hmm. it's really important, I think, to know that there's going to be ebbs and flows. Mm -hmm. And so it's good to prevent it by having those continuous conversations, but also just by understanding that you are where you are and whatever's going on at that point in time, and you're going to need to adjust. And that's why you have a partner to like do and go through that with you, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. And then I also think like other things are having forms of intimacy that aren't sexual, you know, like cuddling. That was going to be my point. Yeah. Yeah. Like it can't just all be sex or else your partner is going to see that as. Intimacy is definitely not just sex. And I think Mm -hmm. that that's something as the person here that actively dates men, I think that that's something that in like Mm -hmm. relationships, it's kind of overlooked. It's like, yeah, intimacy is so much more than just. Yeah. You're not having sex. It might even and- not just be physical because maybe you can't touch for whatever reason. Like mm-hmm. yeah. there's going to be a health issues that could cause that. But even mm-hmm. being there in the room, on the phone, in communicate, like in whatever way works for your situation, like mm-hmm. like we're saying, there's so many forms of intimacy. It's it's not limited to one shape. I agree. Exactly. Yeah. And then also you just like can't see sex as like an obligation. Think of it as like something yeah. you get to do with your partner or partners. Not something you um, have to do. 
Yeah. I love that, Cheyenne. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking about that earlier today, actually, and I didn't even know we were doing this uh, topic tonight, so that's funny. Yeah, but the next one is um, is having sex once every three to four months a death sentence? Well, actually, this think? is a good question because I don't know if we. I mean, obviously, we defined what bed death is, but at what point do you yeah. feel like you've reached it? Like, I, how long have you not had sex? Yeah, I was gonna say Ugh. in my initial in my initial like definition when I was being quizzed, I was like, I don't know the time period. <laughs> yeah. But- I don't know that I would say it is a death sentence because people are on the asexual spectrum. And, you know, for some people that's enough. But like I was in a relationship with a man for five years and for most of it, we only had sex like every three or four months. Yeah, and um, I feel like this say, is so I'm, situational though. Yes, yeah. it's situational. And I think if it's a death sentence to you, like if, mm-hmm. if this is yeah. not fulfilling your needs. It's a deal breaker. If it's a deal breaker, it could yeah. be a death sentence, but that's something you have to really work out with yourself. Like, yeah. And you don't know too, like maybe you have like people who one person is in school or taking exams, like a bar exam mm-hmm. or a teacher, you know, tests they have to take. Like maybe they're going through some sort of big life accomplishment journey that's leading them to not be able to focus on sex as much. If you're saying it's happening, it's just not happening that often folk like what else is in focus at that time and I feel like like I said it's so situational that like it's not necessarily a death sentence but if it's not a frequency you're okay with you know yeah. have a conversation yeah. about it goes back down to our whole communication thing we just mm-hmm. you gotta yeah. you gotta talk to them yeah exactly yeah. um another one we got was does lesbian bed death end how soon and it only ends if you take those steps yeah it only ends if you you want it to yeah you have to and it depends too because like with my ex like our relationship ended and that was okay and honestly having honest conversations about it led to why you know we were able to stay friends they're back to the friends with exes episode Mm -hmm. and if that was something that like we had wanted to overcome I don't know then maybe we like it, it we broke up and that's why it ended if you're not trying to end your relationship, then like it only ends and only, you know, you only have lesbian bed death if you allow yourself to. It's it's in your control mm-hmm. as long as your partner's on board with yeah, ramping it back up. Exactly. Exactly. And I mean, our last question, is it inevitable? Truth, please. Again, no. yeah, it's not inevitable. No. Yeah. And no, I feel like every, in some ways, so different. Some ways off just because of like age and like if especially if you're with someone very long term in a monogamous relationship like think about the number of older couples that you know like I don't know very many that even sleep in the same bed which it's fine to like even have different homes than your partner you don't have to live with them you can have different rooms but like they're definitely not having sex uh like and I feel like there are a few that I know that will still like talk about sex openly or like, you're like, I feel like they're still fucking, but I feel like a lot of people <laughs> just naturally have sex less and less over the years. And part of that is they're getting older and the hormones aren't the same as they were, or it's not but I feel like, cause yeah, you know, they exactly. have arthritis or yeah. hip replacement or ability person. and disability can definitely play a role too. Yeah. yeah. I feel like to an extent, like you're not going to be fucking like bunnies your entire lives, but I do think it is 
not inevitable because you can still prioritize that in your relationship I think also like down the line it becomes less of a priority once life starts to get in the way but if you want that to always be prioritized in your life then you have to like make an active active effort to do that or you should always be able to choose how much sex you'd like to be having and in your life you know yeah yeah with consent of course but obviously so yeah anything else we're we're set unless is it weird that I like this topic a lot even though it's like not a positive one no I I think it's helpful I think it's helpful because a lot of people do look for like like I know in my past really like I've read lots of books on like libido and um you know wanting the desire to be there like yeah like I've um there's a book called come as you are I believe by Emily Nagoski Nagoski that book is where I learned about like the responsive desire versus like the desire that just comes from like seeing or thinking about sex um so that helped me kind of deal with my own libido issues and if you're having this issue in your relationship I think that's a good resource to turn to but yeah no I think it's a very important topic and I'm glad that we were able to talk about it we're able to cover and I hope we could help some of y'all out on this I know it's like it's hard and it and it is one of those things that I feel like is so stigmatized and Mm -hmm. yeah like you're supposed to feel ashamed yeah and it's like oh people who aren't guys talking about sex crazy (laughs) and not even that it's just like there's like the stereotype I've had people say this to me before on my meme page the stereotype that like women are having better sex with each other so why are me and my partner not having sex anymore like if we're supposed to be so much better it's supposed to be so much like such a better experience why did we Mm -hmm. stop and yeah. you know, it doesn't mean you're broken. It doesn't mean anything's wrong with you. I didn't have an orgasm until I was like well into my twenties, uh, and I lost my quote unquote virginity at sixteen. So I, you know, it took me a while to like really Same, find yeah. my sexuality. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I felt very broken for a long time. And like I've been in relationships where I didn't want to have sex with them for one reason or another, and that made me feel very bad about myself. And like, hence why I turned to books like I just recommended. Uh, but like yeah hopefully this helps you to see that this is a pretty common occurrence hence why we have a name for it (laughs) um yeah there's a name for it and you're not alone in this you know Mm -hmm. there's so many people you can talk to about it maybe we make a lesbian bed death channel on our discord yeah (laughs) (laughs) we'll definitely go in let us know what you think and i hope you're a part of the discord by now yeah. If not, better get on through our Patreon, patreon.com slash Survival. Thank you for that. You give us a review and uh, rate us. That would be very helpful for, for the podcast. You can also follow us on social media at Sapphic Survival Guide everywhere except for Twitter, which is just at Sapphic Survival. You can follow me, Cheyenne, at Hot Mespian anywhere that you get your memes. <laughs> I'm there. <laughs> Yeah, you can follow me on Instagram at Gina Finio, on TikTok at Bisexual Gina. You can go to my website, GinaFinio.com, and you can get ready for season two of Jersey Shore by following Um Hello wherever you listen to podcasts. Wrote the note. Used to. Used to. I was just watching, rewatching season two. Um, I saw. And I'm Sev. You can follow me on pretty much any social media platform at Lucky Sev with two Y's. Class is now dismissed.